Thank you for listening to the final episode of the season. And thank you for your support of Keep the Heart through donations to the podcast at keeptheheart.com. Your donations really do make a difference. This week's episode, Is Social Media Your Bible?, was born out of the realization that the dramatic increase of biblical illiteracy is directly related to the dramatically addictive popularity of social media. It's such a rabbit hole, isn't it? Now, before you worry that I'm about to bash social media, relax. That would be so disingenuous of me, since Keep the Heart has a presence on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. With all the technology, there is a positive use and also a negative use. It's not the technology that abuses us. We may be abusing technology. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, conference speaker, and teacher. She is passionate about teaching what to do with what we learn from God's Word. Now back to today's valuable study. Is social media your Bible? We do get to choose the influencers in our lives, and while there's nothing inherently wrong with admiring social media voices, we risk losing a balanced perspective when the diet of our minds is mostly made up of junk food. Let's look at four indicators that you may have allowed yourself to drift into a zone where cultural influences have become time-consuming dictators of your life and some things you can do about it. Number one out of four, social media may be your Bible if you spend more than an hour scrolling but less than 10 minutes in the Word. Romans 12.2 is a verse that many of you know. Many of us know it. It says this, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to be real. Just as God wants to transform us by the renewing of our minds, the enemy wants to deform us by the contaminating of our minds. Who do you want to be like, the world or Christ? Our thoughts, values, and beliefs are the result of influences. Now granted, we're not trying to put an exact time stamp on how much time you spend in the Bible compared to the amount of time on social media, but search your own heart and life. Does God only get your time scraps? But Instagram can have your unlimited and often undivided attention? Do you struggle to read just one chapter of scripture, but you have no problem staring at your phone and swiping through with mad devotion? We can't blame the app. It's the user. The easiest way to conform to our culture is to spend time studying it, and that's done via their platforms. Likewise, the best way to be transformed is by allowing God to have the same access. This is such a common issue, but thankfully it's also fixable. Set an alarm to keep track of yourself on social media and then obey it, just like you tell yourself what to do and not to do in other areas of your life. If you can't do this, Social media is not only your Bible, it's your master. A second indicator that social media may be your Bible is this. You know more about online influencer topics than you do about God's Word. This makes our thinking backwards, you know. Instead of becoming biblically wise, we become worldly wise, and it shows. Everything about us speaks to who has the greatest influence in our lives. The way we speak, 
the way we dress, the way we spend our money, and so many other areas. How are we going to live out the word in everyday life if we're unaware of how God wants us to live? Trying to live the Christian life without the Bible fails horribly, and yet people keep on trying. Let's review what Jesus said in Matthew 10:16 to the disciples when he was sending them to be living examples in their time. It says this, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Bible commentator Matthew Henry said this in regards to Matthew 10:16, Wicked men are like wolves in whose nature it is to devour and destroy. So, are we putting ourselves in the paths of these wolves, as if we stand a chance of not being eaten? All we have to do to see if we're being devoured is to consider carefully where our thoughts take us most of the time. Is God in our thoughts? Would you honestly say, to the best of your ability, you're aiming to be influenced by Christ? If not, this is also fixable. Shift the balance. That's all you have to do is shift the balance. In addition to setting a time limit on social media, make it a life priority to meet with God daily, even if it's only briefly at first. Getting to know God takes time, just like any other relationship. The huge difference is this. The relationship with God is permanent, always good for us, and never unavailable. If you've been listening to Keep the Heart for any length of time, you know I'm going to suggest the Proverb a Day study method. Read Proverbs chapter 19 on the 19th and so on until you get to the end of the chapter at the end of each month. Do this for the next 90 days and you'll be so addicted to the sound of God's voice through his word, you'll find it irresistible. Start today. It will take five minutes or less. Number three out of four. You've been revising the definition of biblical modesty to suit your media influence tastes. Ah, Francie, be careful. Now you're going where angels fear to tread. I know, I know. This topic has been heavily covered and often is heartily rejected. You know what? Our interior affects our exterior, which is why I prefer to teach on matters related to the conditions of our hearts. When God has our hearts, he has our closets and everything else. Is modest apparel even still a thing? Well, that depends. If we're talking about the culture, no. But if we're speaking of the Bible, then yes, it will always be a real thing. We may choose to disregard scripture, but that doesn't make it untrue. Let's review a verse in 1 Timothy chapter 2. It's a passage, actually, verses 9 and 10. It says this, In like manner also, that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. In context, the Apostle Paul was writing to Timothy, giving him a life map to pass along to others. The scripture is giving us a call for a way to adorn ourselves as Christian women. It was true then, and it's still true now. You know, we often get so stuck on the word modest that we've skipped right over the beauty in the word adorn. The Strong's Concordance defines the word adorn as this, to put in order, arrange, make ready, and prepare. It also means to embellish with honor. That sounds like something fitting of a child of a king. 
I understand why women get irritated over this topic because it's often narrowly defined to suit the preferences of others rather than to please God. Let's just simplify this. Is your heart so bent on pleasing God that he has full reign over all your choices? If so, we're yielded. If not, we're running our own show. There is so much more to modesty than what a person is wearing. Modesty has always been a matter of the heart. And if we'll allow God to influence our hearts, it just organically extends into all areas of our lives. This eliminates the wrestling matches of our wills. In other words, we become living examples of thy will be done. Physical modesty is a natural outpouring of spiritual modesty. Pray about this area and ask the Lord to show you if you've been holding back on him in any way. And finally, a fourth indicator that social media may be your Bible is this. You are comparing yourself to your social media companions. You know, we often compare ourselves to our companions. It's common, whether they're electronic or in person. We don't even have to know our companions personally. It's simply a matter of frequently associating with them, whether it's through the small screen of your phone or sitting in a coffee shop. Many of us are familiar with the verse about comparing themselves among themselves from 2 Corinthians 10:12. so I'll color outside the lines a bit with another verse. Listen to what the Bible says about companions in Psalm 119, verse 63. I am a companion of all them that fear thee, and of them that keep thy precepts. All it takes to meet the requirement of companion is time. When we're frequently spending time with someone, they become a companion, even if they're not a friend. These companions have qualities that we may admire, even if those qualities are not necessarily godly. The admiration clouds good judgment and has the potential to lead us into a comparison trap. Life becomes consumed with the image of someone else. Did you know that the best version of anyone is actually a replica of Christ? Talk about someone worth copying. In Isaiah 53, 2, we read that Jesus had no form nor comeliness, which meant that his true quality was beyond physical appeal. Christ radiated godliness to show us genuine attractiveness. It came from within, not from the outside. Here's a life goal that eliminates the comparison trap. Aim for Christ-likeness rather than people-likeness. That's where we find true satisfaction. Psalm 17:15 says it best. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Have you been neglecting your spiritual life while overindulging in social media? All that's needed is an adjustment in time management. You can tell yourself how much time you'll spend in the land of vanity and then take that reclaimed time and devote it to getting to know God better. You'll be amazed at how much calmer you become as you take better care of your spirit. A life walking with God is the real version of the best life. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and be sure to follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. For more from Francie, visit keeptheheart.com for devotionals, books, Bible studies, and more. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.